Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Well, we're back here with a short Friday special. And actually, this is the last one where we've got three authors in an episode. From next week, we're going down to two authors just to fit it all in and make it work a bit more efficiently. But today we've got some absolute classics. So we have got Greg Buchanan talking about his book, Consumed, Veronica Henry talking about her book, 30 Days in Paris, and Steph Penny talking about the beasts of Paris. Two Parises in, in one episode. Who knew? So let's get stuck in straight away and hear from Greg Buchanan about Consumed. Well, it is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Greg Buchanan, whose latest book is Consumed. Greg, welcome back. It's great to be back. Well, you have five questions in five minutes. No pressure, no timer. Cool. Don't worry. Your first question. Can you summarise this book for us? Yeah. Consumed is a novel about history from the 1960s, recurring in the present day. So two missing children, they were never found, accidentally photographed by a kind of 17-year-old girl on her birthday. This 17-year-old girl ends up you know, growing up and by her 70s, she's sort of had multiple kids herself. She's famous, she's travelled the world, she, you know, she's taken photographs in Vietnam and all kinds of places. She collapses in the night during a power cut in this kind of remote, kind of rich English town and is consumed by her two pigs um, opportunistically in the night rather gruesomely and in the kind of aftermath of her death people looking into it such as the drumroll veterinary forensic expert Cooper Allen who was also in my first book 16 Horses everyone kind of is looking into her death and what initially appears to be an accident may appear to kind of have foul play somehow involved and the mystery of those two missing children apparently never solved but may indeed have more to it than kind of initially met the eye very much barreling into the present day mystery with which Cooper finds herself entangled. There we go that's a great summary. The next question why should we read this? Who would this book appeal to? So I think this book would appeal to people who enjoy crime and enjoy dark crime in particular you know it's not it's not so much a cozy crime <laughs> that um, would maybe also be kind of interesting interested in something a little bit different. Next question. What do you want us to feel when we read this book? I want people to be... I mean, it's it's a weird word using the word entertain, because um, especially when you're kind of writing quite dark stuff or stuff that's designed to kind of provoke in introspection, you know, like thinking about life, thinking about work, thinking about how we kind of juggle all the different things we, you know, we have going on. It's very much partly what the book's um, you know about. 
Um, and certainly I was thinking about those things when working on it. I think um, I, I definitely want people to be entertained by the mystery and to be able to like have fun putting pieces together. Sixteen Horses was a mystery novel to some extent, but I would pl- it, I think it lent more towards thriller a bit in that, you know, it's people facing these kind of circumstances and this kind of constant threat. This is more of a kind of, um, I think I've used the word gothic elsewhere, but it's very much someone kind of encountering lots of different clues, I'd say far more so than, than Sixteen Horses um, and trying to piece those together and I've sort of experimented with a bit of a kind of 16 horses had this a little bit um it had some like text message conversations but this novel introduces more elements so you get kind of like you know emails google searches podcasts various things like that that are really trying to bring you in on the mystery and help you feel like you're part of that world. I guess if you're kind of up for kind of putting on a hat where you're pretending you're a detective for a bit, this will be a, a kind of a fun feeling for, for you to have. Next question. Favourite major, favourite minor character in Consumed? I'm not going to say Cooper because that's unfair because she's the series protagonist. So of course, she's quite high up. Favourite major character, Sophie, so the photographer. I find her fascinating to write. She's supposed to be a bit of a kind of dark echo slash cautionary tale to some extent for Cooper and that Cooper's caught in like her early 30s, whereas Sophie we see from 17 to 70. So um, she was very fun to write and is a bit kind of out there in some of the things she does, but I was a very forceful character. I never had difficulty knowing what Sophie was going to do. Her bits were the easiest to write in the novel. I, I just, they're pretty close to first draft, to be honest, with her moments. So really enjoyed her. She's, she's quite hardcore in her actions. And favourite minor character... Oh, sort of minor, but there's a police officer called Lapis, who I've had a lot of fun writing. In 16 Horses, the police are very much kind of mostly sort of a friend force and that one of the main characters is a police officer. It's a buddy cop kind of thing. They work together. In this novel, as part of a commitment to kind of flipping things around, the police are a bit more of a kind of hostile force, like Cooper's not really working with them directly. And Lapis is sort of the most hostile of the hostile, and that he's this psychopath or not is another matter, but you know, psychopathic people described as almost being like lizards and that, you know, they're very alien to the way we all think. And he's a very alien perspective, but one which I think people would enjoy reading. I certainly enjoyed writing because he does not think about the world or people in the way most of us do but in a way that should be fairly enjoyable to trace (laughs) your last question when we last talked to you we asked about your biscuit of choice and that was a Bourneville or chocolate digestive this question is about your drink of choice what drink was powering the writing of consumed so this is a (laughs) i i imagine some people are like oh yeah this whiskey or this wine um it's gonna be a very um childlike answer considering the kind of dark stuff i write but i really like ribena mixed with lemonade (laughs) so if i if I if I feel like I, I want to do something or I want to feel happy, I, I put a little bit of Ribena in a glass and mix it with lemonade. So I would say it would be that. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have put that with the book, but it just goes to show, don't judge a book by its cover. So there we go. <laughs> right, it's just be great to talk to you again. Greg Buchanan, whose latest book is consumed. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now let's go to Veronica Henry and hear about 30 Days in Paris. Well, it is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Veronica Henry about her latest book, 30 Days in Paris. Veronica, welcome back. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Are you ready for your five questions in five minutes? I think I am. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay, your first question. Can you summarise this book for us in less than a minute? Oh, gosh, I hope so. Right. It's the heroine is Juliet. She's 50-something, recently separated from her husband, very amicably. She has an empty nest, so she's got the chance to do whatever she likes for the first time in probably a long time. 
And she decides to go to Paris for 30 days to rediscover 20-year-old Juliet, Juliet, who was an au pair. She fell in love with Paris. It all went a bit wrong. She had to come home. And she just wants to go back and revisit and rediscover who she could have been or who she might have been and have a real Parisian adventure. So live like a Parisian for 30 days. So she rents a little apartment. Wonderful. And what a what a great book it is too. Oh, thank you. The next question is, why should we read this? For those that haven't read it, who would it appeal to? Oh, I think it would appeal to anybody who's got any interest whatsoever in Paris and, and just fancies going there for the weekend, but without actually leaving the house, I think. So it's quite, it's quite experiential. It's quite, you know, there's a lot of Paris in it. <laughs> um, and it's just a, a story of finding the real you, I think. You know, Juliet does rediscover all the things about her that she's sort of had left behind and it's just about the glamour and the stimulation I think that Paris can give you you know it's so everything's so wonderful the food the music the art and actually it's a very easy city to navigate and I kind of wanted to take away the fear almost of Paris because it's so easy to walk around you can really really get under the skin of it quite easily if you if you give yourself some time so, yeah, it's just a sort of snapshot of the city and what fun there is to be had. And the next question follows on from that, really, is about the feelings. What do you want us to feel as we are reading this? Oh, book? basically, I want everybody to shut the book and go and book themselves onto the Euros. <laughs> and that's so many people have said to me, oh, my God, I'm going to go to Paris. That's it. I'm off. <laughs> so, yeah, really, because it's a different, you know, everybody will have a different adventure and be after different things. But it always it always changes you, I think, Paris. Really, it does. The next question is about your favourite major and favourite minor characters. I think I know what you're going to say for your favourite major. But yeah, who in the book is your favourite major and your favourite minor characters? Oh, gosh, they're all quite fascinating. And some of them are more flawed than others. I think Juliet rediscovers an old friend, Natalie, who she met when she was 20, who's just a really dynamic, feisty American girl about town who's opened a bar in Paris, which, I mean, I would love to do that myself. I'm not a good enough businesswoman to do it, but she's just got such energy, Natalie. And so she's so unafraid of everything and is really inspiring. I think I admire her the most in the book. But then there's also Olivier, who is was the love of Juliet's life when she was 20, and she meets up again with him. And he owns a bookshop and is it's just quite perfect, I guess. <laughs> but there are, you know, there's history there. They have to get re go and revisit the past and kind of put, put a few things to bed, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> now, your last question is about what drink was powering the writing of Ooh. 30 Days in Paris. When we spoke to you last time, we were talking about biscuits and you said how Madeleine's, the, the cake, uh, was something that powered the writing. What drink powered it oh i think probably champagne you can't go to paris and not have a coup de champagne (laughs) at some point and that's sort of that's one of the things that inspired natalie's bar too so champagne perfect exactly (laughs) absolutely perfect well it's just been great to talk to you again and to hear more about 30 days in paris veronica henry thank you so much thank you very much thank you Merci. <laughs> Super. And finally, let's hear from Steph Penny about the beasts in Paris. 
Well, it is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Steph Penny, whose latest book is The Beast of Paris. Steph, welcome. Are you ready for your five questions in five minutes? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Here we go. Your question number one. Can you summarise this book for us in less than a minute? Unlikely. I'll have a go. Um, it's set during the Siege of Paris and the Paris Commune, surprisingly enough, in Paris in 1870. It's about three people... Ellis, who's a veteran of the US Civil War, a surgeon, and he is desperate to avoid more bloodshed. Lawrence, a Canadian photographer who's trying to develop his artistic skills. And Anne, who starts out as a hysteric in the Salpetriere Women's Hospital, but she ends up somewhere very different. And these three are put through the ringer, and over a terrible winter, first fuel runs out, and then food. They can't go anywhere, and they have to key up for bread. Then... The bloodless revolution, the first progressive socialist government in history, takes over the Paris Commune until it is brutally crushed by the forces of order. Duh, 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 there you go. That's a, that's a good summary. <laughs> Next question is, why would we read this? Who would this book appeal to? That's, uh, I first found out a really hard question to answer. I'd say people that like reading fiction books about history, people that like characters that you care about stories that you're immersed in something different that takes you away yeah I think my sort of goal in in writing it I mean my goal is always to write my next favorite book in the world because no one else has done it yet so I've got to do it <laughs> yeah it's a it's a passionate immersive historical epic I would say I'm always trying not to write an epic and then I kind of get carried away and they kind of become epic and it's sort of like I, I kind of wanted to reclaim you know, historical fiction can be a very sort of homogenous place. And of course, history wasn't a homogenous place. Certainly Paris in 1870s was not. So it was it was really exciting to to kind of take that um, approach. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, your next question is, what do you want us to feel as we're reading it? I mean, in a way, you've just talked about that with the emotions and the characters. But what would you say? Yeah, I think I would want readers to be, well, gripped. That's always, you know, really engaged with the characters to feel like you're there experiencing what they're experiencing, the smells and the temperature and the the fear and the noises. And yeah, to be immersed and and also angry there's a lot to be angry about yes absolutely no that's great well your next question can you give me one favorite major character and one favorite minor character in the beasts of paris i would say my favorite main character is anne petitjean because she is the most like me and we sort of went on kind of parallel journeys really of discovery when i was writing her my favourite minor character, I would say, is probably Ignace Papin, who is the chief vet in the menagerie. Just a, he's, he's someone sort of who's kind of on the other side of the political divide, but I found him really fascinating and empathetic. And yeah, it's just it was just an, an interestingly different point of view. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's super. And the final question, when we spoke to you originally for your full interview, we would ask the biscuit question, but you, it turns out, are an eggs Florentine kind of person, which is wonderful. Yeah. So this question is about what drink 
was powering the writing of The Beasts of Paris. Tons of water, occasional coffee, nothing very exciting, I'm afraid, tea. <laughs> and then I reward myself with a glass of wine, I think, at the end of the day. So all of those things, but not at the same A combination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, produced, it helped to produce this great book, so it's absolutely acceptable. Well, Steph Penny, whose latest book is The Beasts of Paris, thank you so much. Thank you. Fabulous. So those are your three books today. We've had Consumed by Greg Buchanan, 30 Days in Paris by Veronica Henry and The Beast of Paris by Steph Penny. I'll be back on Monday with a normal longer episode. And then from next Friday, there'll be the quick, short episode again, but with two authors instead of three. I hope that's OK. I hope you're OK. Happy weekend. Look after yourselves. And I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.